Mahdi's last Ulu had cracked one cold night this past midwinter, after he'd played out an elder's gallstones. It had taken months of searching to find the right kind of buildy branch to make a new one. Buildy trees weren't scarce, but you had to find a sapling trunk or large branch that had been ant-hollowed, and the right size to give a good tone. High as your chin and four fingers broad, so he'd been taught, and so it was. He'd found plenty of flawed branches in the hills around his village— knotted ones, cracked ones, others with holes eaten out through the side. The large black ants that followed the rising sap through the heartwood were industrious but undiscerning craftsmen. He'd finally found one, and cut his horn stave from it. But it was bad luck for a witch to make his own instrument, even if he had the skill. Each must be earned and given from the hand of another, so he'd strapped it to his back over his bearskin cloak and snowshoed for three days and nights to bring it to Teolan. The old man was the best Ulu maker in the eastern hills. Witch men had been coming to him for three generations, and he turned away more than he accepted. It took weeks to make an Ulu. During this time, it was Mahdi's job to chop wood, cook food, and generally make himself useful while Teolan worked. Teolan first stripped the bark and used live coals to burn out the last of the ant's leavings. When the stave was fully hollowed, he went out of earshot to test the tone. Satisfied, he and Motti rested and traded spells for a week while the hollow branch hung drying in the rafters near the smoke hole of Teolan's hut. It dried without warping or cracking. Teolan sawed the ends square and rubbed beeswax into the wood until it gleamed. Then they'd waited two more days for the full moon. Tonight was the sit-still. That afternoon, Motti had scraped away the snow in front of the hut and dragged out an old lion skin for Teolan to sit on. He laid a large fire with more wood stacked within easy reach and hunkered down to tend it. Teolan sat down, wrapped in his moth-eaten bearskin, and set to work. Using a heated iron knife, he etched the rings of magic onto the wood. Motti watched with rapt attention as he fed the fire, marveling at how the designs seemed to flow from the tip of the blade, like ink onto deerskin. He wondered if it would come so easily to him, when the time came for him to make ulus for others. Now the mother's full white face was high overhead, and Motti's ankles ached from squatting, but the ulu was nearly done. When the last of the rings was complete, Teolan dipped the mouth end in a little pot of melted wax, then rolled a softened lump of it into a thin coil and pressed it in a ring to the waxed end of the horn. He squinted across at Motti, gauging the size of his mouth and pinched the wax in until the opening was about two thumbs wide. Satisfied at last, he gave Motti a toothless grin. Ready to learn this one's name? Motti's heart beat faster as he stood and stretched the stiffness from his legs. His last Ulu, Moonplow, had served him seven years. In that time he'd become a man and a healer. Honoring the Moonplow mark, He'd planted many fine children in women's bellies at Mother Shekmet's festivals. 
His sons and daughters were scattered through three valleys, and some of the oldest were already showing witches' talent. When Moonplow cracked, this cycle of his life ended. He was twenty-three summers old, and his next future was about to be revealed. Drawing his own knife, he cut his right palm and held it over the mouth of the Ulu as Teolin held it. A few drops of his blood fell inside it as he sang the claiming spell. The black tracery of witch marks across his face, arms, and chest tickled like spider feet. When he thrust his hand into the fire, he didn't feel the heat of it. Straightening, he moved to the far side of the fire and faced the old man. I'm ready. Teolan held the Ulu upright and chanted the blessing then tossed it across to Mati.